Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Coffee with Casey, where we're going to go over today um, a couple of things. You know, there's a lot of money at stake. And um, when you're selling a house, there's a lot of complicated pieces going on. So when things go wrong, like they did a few times this week, you need to stay calm, come up with a path, come up with a plan, and not just one plan but multiple plans. So when, when things kind of go wrong, you have to um, come up with workarounds. So let me give you three examples, three perfect examples this weekend, okay, or this last week. So a buyer comes in, a buyer's excited, they pay all cash, they put in a big deposit and they love the house and you know we get two contracts or maybe a third contract, but this is the one that wins. So the buyer, Within a couple of days, starts getting cold feet. They think they paid too much for the house. They're going to go ahead and walk on the house. So this is a time when people panic. Not a time when you should panic, but a time when some people panic. So again, perfect example, remain calm. Start moving right to the backup contract. I mean, we're going to take the deposit. I mean, we're taking the 50 grand. We're, we're not letting that go. So we're going, to, we're going to not only, we're going to turn a bad situation into a positive situation, and we're going to make additional money because of it, because the backup contract, although it didn't have as good of terms, really had the same outcome of price. So, you know, when that happens, we remain calm. We always say our best contract is the backup contract, right? Get the backup contract because that secures you should something go wrong. Okay, so that's scenario number one, buyers walk out. I would say that happens 15% of the time. And that's why it's important we always have backups, okay? So let's take another scenario. Last week, I told you that there's three reasons why people sell a house. And today, now there's four reasons why people sell a house. Death, divorce, downsizing or upsizing. And now the fourth one is coming in, which is called desperation, right? So they lose a job or they're in an industry like the real estate industry that's down 40% over their normal, okay? So... We were hit with number four this week when we had a buyer going to settlement on a very large house, big boy, very big boy. And all of a sudden, uh, the buyer gets to notice that he lost their job. Sale canceled. Where is it? Right? There's four things we can do if we remain calm. Four things we can do. The first thing we want to do is go back to the buyer and say, you really love this house. Do you really want this house? Yeah, I really want this house, but I lost my job. It's fine. All you have to do is get a job in the same industry, right? Get a commitment letter, a commitment from some employer that you can work there for whatever the dollar amount is, even if it's not as much as you were making before. Just get the commitment. That allows you to get your financing approved, get in, move in, get the house, and then get a better job you know, around the corner some other time. But it doesn't disrupt the fact that you've identified your dream home, you're on your way to your dream home, and then all of a sudden somebody throws a monkey wrench, hits you in the side of the head like dodgeball, and boom, it starts to break things down. So if we remain calm, even though every they're panicking, let's remain calm and let's walk them through the process of doing that. Now, at the same time, when I say have a plan, we have multiple plans. So we go to the seller and say one of four things is going to happen. We're going to get this buyer a new job at somewhere close to the pay, something that'll help him qualify. That's preferred because we want them in the house. Second thing is 
Who are the backup contracts? Who missed out on this? Maybe we didn't get as much money or maybe we can get as much money, but let's go to the backup contracts. Then let's go to all of the people that have seen the house, talk to the agents, say, did any of you feel like this house got pulled out from under you? Because there might be an opportunity for you to jump back in and grab this once in a lifetime house. It's got this beautiful backyard and it backs to all this conservation land. It's got this pool. It's got half a million dollars in the backyard. So, so the third one is to go out to everybody that's seen this house. Let's try them, right? The fourth one is prepare to go back on the market and put it out. I mean, interest rates have come down, probably have a little stronger market. It's, it hasn't gone, it hasn't gone sideways. It's, it's, it's still a good market. So let's, our fourth one is get the house back on the market as soon as we can. So, so with that, you know, um, you get hit in the face with a two by four. Um, buyers lost his job on a very, very expensive house, the highest house we've got. And, and then when you get over getting hit in the face, you got to, you know, stay calm, come up with four ways or four plans that you can get through this and start working each plan individually, right? So we're trying to get him a job. We're trying to get the backup contracts back. We're trying to talk to all the other agents. We're preparing to put the house back on the market. So we're not going to wait for one to fail and then go to number two or three or four. That could take too much time. So you run multiple tracks when there's a problem, right? Come up with three solutions. We had four. Come up with three solutions and implement every solution at the same time. Okay, that's so that's the third thing to happen. So one, buyer gets cold feet, walks on a contract, throw it over to number two. Other one, buyer loses his job, implement four strategies that four plans uh, working at the same time to, to solve this deal. There's a lot of money at stake. I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of money. I mean, it was, let's see, it was uh, 2.5, 2.6. Uh, that's 5.1 plus 1.2, whatever that is, 6.3. So that's $6.3 million worth of listings that something happened and we've got to adjust them. So let's go to number, let's go to number three. The third one was, um, we have a, a glitch on the title. It's back from 1992 and the house has settled and, you know, four times since then. There's a chain of four insurance companies insuring this title. The fifth one will not insure the title, right? So now what are we going to do? Um, so what are our three paths? And our three paths are find out what happened in 1992 and try and go back and try and track down people and have them sign a document to clear this up once and for all. That's the first thing we can do. Second thing we can do, go to the title company that insured the title and have them insured or indemnify or you know whatever we have to do. They have title insurance. The seller has title insurance. Third thing is go back to the company that last settled with him and said, you gave us title insurance. So you, you know, you know, A, what happened? B. Will you settle this and ensure the title and give good, good, a good, clear title to the buyers? And the answer is yes, they will. So, so we could, at, at the same time, we're implementing three things when this happens. Just go into, go into kill mode and find the heirs on one, the uh, uh, file claims for the title insurance on the other one, so they'll insure everything. And then third, go to the settlement company that insured the title and is willing to do it again. So 
And they've got to give a valid reason to the attorney of the buyer on why this is good, clear title. So, you know, once a title has title insurance and an enhanced policy that covers them against everything, now you're insured. And the way title insurance works is the title insurance, there's about five major insurers, not Bob's insurance company, Stewart Title, American Title. I mean, these are the big boys, right? So they're the ones that are insuring the title in the chain of, of title. So if there's anything wrong, you just file a claim with them and they go back and, and fix it. And that's, that's what you pay for, right? Well, we have settlement that's a week away from finding this out. So we don't really have time for your title to go all the way back. So they just insure the current title. That's the way it normally works. They will insure, they've insured it before. They'll insure it again. That's your title insurance that, that will follow through. So again, um, don't panic, I have a plan, have three plans, and then implement all three, okay? So all of this can happen. Um, there's a chance it can happen. So when you're, you know, if you're a seller and you're interviewing a realtor, you're not really interviewing them if it's easy. You're interviewing them if something goes wrong. So if something goes wrong and there's a lot of money at stake, again, $6.3 million at stake, you need to have someone that remains calm, comes up with a plan. And if your realtor freaks out and you're a seller watching this, you remain calm and you come up with a plan or figure out what the plans are going to be, all right? I know when people are buying a house, they get extremely emotional. And um, funny, when I was in with a hostage negotiator, uh, given some seminar, I was talking about real estate. He was talking about hostage negotiating from the FBI. And I thought that was more fascinating than what I was doing. So what he said was, he said, when you come in to a hostage negotiation, uh, the emotions are at their peak. They're at the highest point you can possibly get at. There are lives at stake. People are facing, you know, getting thrown in prison, um, yada, yada, yada. So, I mean, it's pretty, pretty hairy. And I'm like, well... You just described when we walk into a listing appointment and the seller's emotions are very tight. I mean, there's a lot of money at stake. They haven't sold their house again. They're interviewing realtors. They're hearing some things. They're hearing some of those things. And really the emotions when you come in are extremely high. So the job of the hostage negotiator is through discussions and talks and calming them down is to lower that emotional where we can start thinking logically and come up with a solution together. And, and I really looked at him and I said, you just describe what we do every day. We walk into emotional situations. What are the three things I said? Death, divorce, downsizing, right? Sometimes they have to downsize. Sometimes they may have lost a job or they're getting a divorce or there's been a death in the family, right? All three of those cause that meter to go way high emotions are high so we just need to understand this is a process you know there's a plan there's a strategy to execute the plan and there's a track record of the person that did the, that does the plan so part of that whole process is what happens if the plan something happens i mean i i don't know that you know guy's gonna lose his job you know i don't know that the buyer's all of a sudden gonna have cold feet and walk away but i'm ready if you do, we're ready. So as we're coming up with this plan and we're executing this strategy, there's a lot of contingency plans that 
too hard to kind of discuss that are going hand in hand with this so that should something happen over here, we have another option over there. Um, perfect example of getting out in front of the plan, okay? Or adding to the plan because something went wrong. Between January of 2020 and July of 2022, we had zero home inspection, maybe one, but I mean, there's very, you know, one home inspection. Well, in comes July of 2022, and the buyers get a little more control of the market. And I'm going to talk about, you know, getting control of the market all here in a minute. But the buyers get control of the market. Before you know it, everybody's asking for home inspections. And not only that, but the home inspectors are so hungry, they're tearing these houses apart. And 40% of the houses are kicking out after the home inspection. Got to change the plan. Plan's got to change. So what's, what are we going to do? So at the Masterminds at Samson Properties, um, somebody talked about, you know, uh, which I'd forgotten all about, pre-inspection. You know, has anybody thought about pre-inspections? Anybody doing pre-inspections? Like, no, 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 no. I'm like, brilliant. So we went to an, um, a home inspector. We got a six-point inspection that makes sure the roof is good, uh, electrical, heating, cooling, uh, plumbing, um, moisture in the basement, cracks in the foundation, all of that stuff is inspected, a six-point inspection prior to launch. No more home inspections. No more home inspections, no more kicking out contracts because of that. Um, I think that was the biggest risk that sellers face. Now, if you can, in your plan, eliminate as Sorry, dogs. So if you can eliminate as many of these landmines as you possibly can, then that's, that's the plan. You put something in there to get, get rid of that. So, so that's, that's kind of a look at, at preparing for what ifs as they go through. Let's take a look. Let's just take a look at the market, all right? Let's go on the market and that's, you know how I usually say, hey, listings are down and stuff. I'm gonna show you some actual um, I'm going to show you some actual uh, markets that we're going to dissect because we have a lot of listings that are coming on the market right now, and we need to know how is the rest of that market. I mean, is the seller in control? Is the buyer in control? So we developed a thing called the market snapshots. So let's take a look at this. Let's say we've got a house that's coming on the market. This will click through for me. Oh, I see. I'm already on the page. So let's say I have a house that's coming on the market at 1.6 range. So I go to Vienna and I take a look at all of the homes that are closed, coming soon, active, under contract. This is active contract. So which means when you see an A slash C, that means that the buyer has put the home under contract, but it's contingent on them selling their home. We don't want that. That is not what we're looking for. So I kind of look at these with a grain of salt and say, well, are they sold? Eh, not really. In fact, if I have a buyer, we usually go to those houses because that means somebody's interested, somebody likes it, and somebody couldn't buy it without selling their other house. Slide in, go under contract, non-contingent, kick them out. So, you know, it's a strategy. But let's look at this. Let's look at how many people are pending, how many are under contract, right? These are all the under contracts. 
and these are the actives, and these are the coming soons. So then I'm looking at this, and I'm saying, well, if you've been on for 33 days or 20 days, are you really that good? Are you really that competitive? What's your price per square foot? What's your percentage of assessment, right? And you can come up in here and see the average percentage of assessment for the sales is 117%. So am I really concerned with people that are coming out at 155 or 145% of assessment, 128% of assessment? So do I consider them to be competitors? Not really, they're overpriced. They're very overpriced. So you look down here, Malcolm's been on for 27, 19 days for this house, 60 for this house. I look over here, Ben um, Bonaventure that's just come on and there's something wrong. I mean, they got a low price per square foot and that looks good. So could that be a good deal? Yeah, probably if it sells, it should sell in the first weekend, six days, we'll keep an eye on that one. But, and then I look at the homes that are coming on the market. Well, I talked to this house right here and I told them the house should be brought on the market for about 1.35 million. I said, no more than one four. No more than one four million. Look what they put it on the market for. One seven four nine. 144%, right? The best listing the good agents take are the listings they don't take because that is not gonna happen, all right? So as we bring our houses on the market here, we're looking at, look at the good ones. The good ones are selling all in that first, first 96 hours. That's, that's when it's happening. And even though you see seven, the contracts are all getting negotiated throughout that week. So we try and close them out in the, in the 96 hours, but some may go a little longer. But you can see the good houses are selling at that price, the ones that are priced correctly. This one's a little high on their assessment, but that means they must have had some really nice upgrades. Oh, I'm sorry, that's my listing. They just had a great agent, all right? So as we look, at, we can look at percentage of assessments, we can look at price per square foot, and we can assess how this market is doing. I would say this is a seller's market, okay? Seller's control, there's five active, probably about 12 under contracts, so I would say that that market, but look at this. Let me show you another one. Look at this uh, under a uh, million dollars in Vienna, okay? So this is under a million in Vienna. See how these, they've got three actives, but look at all the under contracts. What, what, can, you, what can you say about this? That if a home is put on in good condition, it's going under contract. So would I say this is a buyer or a seller's market? This is a definitely a strong, strong seller's market. But watch this. Let's go to Oakton. Oakton between is a different story, right? This is Oakton, under a million dollars. Look at all the actives. Look at, there's only two of them under contract. And as we know, both of those are active, contingent on the sale of somebody's home. So they really don't have anything pending there, right? So, you know, we have a 109% of assessment on the sales. The two that are under contract average 108%, right? And the actives are 109. So, so I'm looking at this, if I'm coming on in Vienna, thinking we can get aggressive. In Oakton, it's like, whoa, boy, we got a problem, right? We have a real big problem here. So we need to be more thoughtful and analyze. Now, let me show you something. 
I've already said that you're going to get your best price, your best terms, your best everything in the first 96 hours. How does a house get to 180 days? How does a house go on the market and sit there for 180 days? 285 days, 49 days, 29 days. I guess my response when I look at this is what the hell is going on out there? Who is pricing these houses or who's marketing these houses? It's crazy. It's just crazy. So when we go in here, let's take a look. We looked at Oakton. We look at that. How about Centerville? You can come in here to all these markets that we cover, whether it's in Loudoun County or Prince William County or Fairfax County, and you can look at these markets. So if I was going to, if I was going to, somebody calls me from Alexandria and I got a list of house in Alexandria, then I'm doing a market bring down. I'm doing a market snapshot on the whole market. I need to know, are we in buyer's market, seller's market, average price per square foot, average percentage of assessment, who's selling, why are they not selling? Are they getting their 96 hours? Is it just realtor error? Are the homes not prepared correctly? That's the way you analyze these markets. But the clear and simple, if you're in Vienna, and, and you're looking for, let's say, a 4,000 square foot house or a 4,000 to 5,000 square foot house, new home. There's all the new homes. Here's all the new homes, and I'll give you another one. This right here, I've adjusted the price per square foot of each one of these houses for their size. So if the average price per square foot is 502, and really anything over 502, up in here, you better have a pretty damn nice house. Really nice house. But you can see where everybody is under contracts down here and sold up here, right? So you just don't see, you know, you see an average of $502. So when we're looking at new homes and you're trying to price out new homes, we want to look at this. How many are under contract? How many are active? There's under contracts. There's actors. There's coming soon. This will tell you whether it's a good price or not. Is it a good price or not a good price? I'll tell you that we took this document to a builder that a house, had a house listed at um, uh, 1.975. And I brought this to him and said, your house is worth 1.85. 1.85. Oh, yeah, but it's walked me in a lot of Obama. Yada, 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 we settle on it next week for 1.875. So we talked the builder down $100,000. For those of you that are buying new homes, the question is, can I talk a builder down? The answer is, hell yeah, you can talk a builder down. Look at all the active houses. Do you know what he pays every day in interest to carry that house? So if you see a home that's not priced correctly, now, the one thing that we would bring to the table or that, that agents bring to the table is not all builders are the same. Right. If you got a Dan Somerville house, you're going to pay more for a Dan Somerville house. If you got a, you know, um, um, you know, one of the uh, Pat Stack, who's a, a builder, Jefferson Homes. If you have if you have a top flight builder, are you going to pay a little bit more? Yeah, sure. If you have a production builder, you shouldn't be expecting to pay more. Right. There's a big difference between 480 and 538. Right. So some of that can be attributed to a builder. Some of them can be contributed to greed. Some of them can be contributed that attributed to maybe the lot was nicer. Maybe you've got a great lot on one 
great location, great lot, great settings, flat, you know, square. Maybe that lot is just worth more. So when we're looking at these, we can start off by going, eh, it's a little high. Well, we do have a quality builder and a great lot. And they put a lot of stuff in their house, right? So, but this gives us a, a, a starting point as to what's the new home really worth? It's not worth 1.975. It was worth 1.85 and, and we finished that out for 1.875. Can you negotiate? Yes. Do these things help? Yes. How do market snapshots help? They tell you what's going on in the market. If you don't know what's going on in the market, you got a problem. You're flying blind, man. So let's look at, um, did I look at Centerville yet? Two active, one at 36, so really one active, and five under contract, a couple coming soon. You can look at what their price per square foot to see if they're any good or not. I, I would not make a move on listing a house. Uh, well, I'll give me an example. We're, we are, we are and, and that, that's a segment that I want to hit next, can't start next week. Probably talk about next week here in a minute. We have a lot of great houses going on the market, but I need to run this for every single house to see how are we positioned in the rest of the market? How many are active, under contract? The ones that are active, are they good? Are they bad? Are they overpriced? Are they underprepared? You know, what's wrong with them? You know, why are they not selling? And then compare ourselves to the ones that do and say, yes, we are very comfortable at 1.75. Now, let me just tell you this. I'm going to have a segment called Going Behind the Scenes of the Casey Sampson team, where we start showing you the listings that are starting to come out before they come out. In other words, um, this, this one house that we have on John Marshall is coming out today at 1.75 is the best 1.75 I've seen come out in a long time. They built it themselves. They customized everything. They did a great job. Everything they did was right on T. Um, it's walk to Vienna, walk to Basins at night. Um, it should go for more than 1.75. But in looking and analyzing the market, we realized we were in great shape. We we're in great shape. So, um, you know, we put it as coming soon. We listen to what the market says. We listen to how many buyers are interested in it. And then if next Thursday, everything is positive, we launch it. And then the 96 hours begins. Once the 96 hours begins, goes on the way it's supposed to go, right? And it ends with contract negotiations on Monday at noon and ratified contracts Monday by close of business. Why close of business? I don't want people negotiating over dinner. People have had wine, they get emotional. I want it all done by five o'clock. That's the deal. That's what you got to do. Um, so anyways, uh, you know, and some sellers may say, well, why don't we wait? And, you know, maybe something else coming. Trust me. If somebody loves that house and somebody wants that house, your perfect buyer would put in a contract on Thursday. They're waiting till Monday because we tell them to, but I will tell you that your, your best contracts are coming. And if you aren't ready to write a contract by Monday at 12, then you weren't, you're not the right buyer. Trust me, you're just not the right buyer. So um, anyway, that's the way that goes. Let's talk about next week. Next week, I'm going to do a coffee with Casey from the studios at Sampson Properties. Justin Donnelly has done this incredible job setting up our studios. We're doing a series called The First 96. In other words, what are the things you have to do in order to sell that home in the first 96 hours? 
And the first one we've done is the pricing strategy, which we've already done that. This next week coming up on Coffee with Casey, we're going to do it live. That is going to be preparing the home. So we're going to talk about preparing the home. And the Samson agents are invited to attend. Uh, anybody that listens to Coffee with Casey is invited to come to the, to the studio. They can seat maybe 40 or 50 people in there. Um, when we're done, we can have questions and answers. I've got going to have agents there for you to talk to. But uh, certainly, if if anybody that listens to Coffee with Casey wants to attend that, you're more than welcome. We'd love to have you. Um, just type, uh, send me something at Casey at CaseySamps.com. We'll send you the address for the for the studio over in Chantilly. Okay. Um, why is that important? Why is this one of the most important things? I will tell you, there was five big agents in more, our market. Five big agents. There was me. There was Gary Belt, Lillian Jorgensen, Pat Stack, Casey Morgan. We're all older, right? We're not 30-somethings, right? So we all, you know, we're swinging it out, swinging it out, swinging it out. And all of a sudden, um, uh, I get my daughters involved. And uh, Kelly was first. And Kelly came in. And, and Kelly said, um, as we were leaving some listings, I was bringing her in. As we were leaving some listings, Kelly said, um, she goes, uh, we're not leaving a house like that we're going to have to paint it and we're going to have to do this and that. And I'm like, it looks good to me. It looks fine to me. So Kelly started preparing these houses. Then Morgan comes along, my other daughter. And Morgan says, no, no, no. You can't sell home in traditional, you know, in a traditional look, buyers want transitional. So we define the difference between traditional and transitional. Most of the things you hear at Samson uh, Properties, when you hear about this, really started with Morgan. And then our team started expanding that conversation. So taking a house from transitional to tra from traditional to transitional made our sales go through the roof. I would sell maybe 80% of all listings. My average days on market was maybe 20. And then all of a sudden, after fixing these homes up, then Billy came in and Billy's an expert at putting everything together and Colby and, you know, the 30-somethings came in and taught the 60-somethings, including my sellers, how easy it is to fix it up, how to transition, and how to every time we put in five thousand, we're we'll making back fifty thousand or more. We put in ten, we're getting back seventy-five, hundred thousand dollars. So, so what happened was, all of a sudden, there became a separation. Right, that's our team. There's the rest of them. Only three of those five are on this sheet. Only three of the five big boys that were here in 19, uh, 2017 are still on the chart. But that's where we are. And I credit it to the majority of this is they're extremely good at conveying what a house needs for today's 30-something buyer. It was an epiphany. And it was a powerful epiphany. And it has helped sellers. It's helped them make a lot of money, made the houses. So we're going to talk about those secrets on uh, Thursday of next week. Same bad time, same bad place. Um, but we'll be coming from the studios of Samson Properties. You're all welcome to attend. Morgan and Kelly, I hope we'll be there. I hope Billy and Colby, I hope we have the agents there. But um, uh, if you want to attend, come on by. If you're a Samson agent, you want to talk afterwards, we'd be happy to do it. But I will tell you that that... In order to sell a home in the first 96, where we get the best terms and the best money, 
highest prices, best terms, when all the magic happens, repairing the house. It, it's really what it is. I watched Morgan go into a house and it was probably about 1.8 in the current condition. Yellow paint, looked fine with me, fine with the sellers. Big house, big house. Morgan dug her heels in. Morgan said, I'm sorry. These colors are going to turn off buyers. We can't do it. I will guarantee you we're going to spend probably ten or $15,000 on paint and we're going to sell it for about $1.95 million. She's right. And I don't fight her. I don't want to tick off the sellers, but I don't fight her or Kelly. When they say do it, do it. Or Billy. I mean, they are the buyers. Colby, when Colby walks in and goes, I'm sorry, but this, this just doesn't, this is not going to picture well. It looks terrible. So I acquiesce. And that is why 16 of our 17 homes have sold in the first 96 hours this year. The other was a condo, by the way. We don't count them. So I think it's 16 for 16. My name is Casey Sampson. You can see me every Thursday at Coffee with Casey here on Facebook Live. Or you can call me at 703-508-2535 uh, if you need any help throughout the week. So again, 703-508-2535 or send me an email or a text to Casey at CaseySampson.com. We'll see you next Thursday. Bye now.